Season 2, Episode 11 of the Talking Ball Y'all Podcast, brought to you by Mugshots Grill and Bar, Katie Cake and Company, Huey P. Stockstill LLC, where a handshake still has meaning. Huey P. Stockstill LLC is a leader in asphalt paving and construction services throughout South Mississippi and Louisiana. Pearl River Community College, Bank Plus, Advantage Insurance Company, and Anthem Mitchell. Whether you're buying or selling, give Anthem Mitchell, Realtor, with Rematch Premier Group a call at 601-698-3399 or 769-926-8397. Or you can also look her up on the web at www.buyorsellwithantha.com. Welcome to another exciting episode of Talking Ball, y'all. Clay, episode 11, wow. as we are rolling through this second season uh, of the Talking Ball, y'all podcast. And um, going to get right into some roundtable action. It'll probably just be me and Clay talking this week on the roundtable, and we'll have a little snippet from an interview uh, from a game this past week. But, Clay, just jump right into it with the JUCO, as we always do, Mississippi JUCO football Um East Mississippi 26 to 7 over Northeast as uh, East Mississippi wraps up the North Division number one for the playoffs. Yep, as we've talked about each and every week <laughs> as we review uh, JUCO scores from the past week, East just continues to um, dominate and do what they do. That's one of the lower scores, actually, that, right. that we've seen from them. And uh, they're normally up in the high 40s or, or 50s, really, on their total. So I guess credit uh, Northeast. Um, for kind of holding um, them down, if you will, but still a pretty large margin of victory there for East. And uh, they will continue to roll. They'll roll in as the number one seed from the north as um, they have gone undefeated through a very tough league. So hats off to them as they uh, go into the north as the one seed. Yep, and then we go – that was the north one seed. We'll go to the south one seed, uh, Clay Jones – uh, defeated East Central 45-20. to 20. Jones, a uh, very good ball club. Uh, we've covered them, had a chance to see them over, <laughs> over our broadcasting career. And uh, D.J. Travis, former Poplarville uh, Hornets standout, playing in that defensive backfield. Jones wins 45-20, enters the uh, playoffs as a South number one. Yep, Jones a really tough team, as you've described, Jeff. Just with that one loss um, through their year and that tough league. So, uh, they'll go in, as you've described, as the one seed. Um, you hate to look forward because you never know in, in these playoffs. You know, a two seed could uh, very likely beat a one seed. These playoff system where you you only have two games, you know, that one and a two play, and then the winner plays the following week. But if, if we could get Jones against East Mississippi as a state title, that would certainly have a lot of intrigue and – and be a game that I would think would be highly attended and um, would be good for the league, I believe. Yep, and that that game, if you can get them to, would be uh, as big as any bowl game, like the Mississippi Bowl and stuff that comes up. So to have them two uh, ball clubs match up, we'll see what happens as East Mississippi's north number one, Jones is south number one. And then some. Uh, we'll finish out the, the playoffs here in a minute, but just some other scores from this past uh, – uh, Juco, the last regular season game, Mississippi Gulf Coast beats Hines 45 uh, to 24. Uh, also, another uh, Popperville Hornets standout, Austin Bolton over there, and then we have a Picune standout uh, over on that team as well. But Gulf Coast wins 45-24 over Hines to wrap up the regular season. Yep, and uh, you you mentioned a Picune guy, Sean Anderson, uh, for Mississippi Gulf Coast took a reverse for a touchdown yesterday. It was 60 uh, plus yards, so credit. 
Uh, Sean Anderson, a guy that put up a ton of rushing yards uh, just down the road here at Picayune Stadium, and uh, he was able to go for a 60-yard reverse touchdown and uh, Perks win. So good job, Sean, over there. Yep, and another score uh, from around this area to wrap up uh, the regular season was Pearl River Community College 24, Mississippi Delta 21. Um, PRC ends the end the season on a win. I think they was two and seven overall. Not quite the season that the uh, the crew at Pearl River Community College wanted, but uh, ends it with a win. And we'll see what kind of uh, kind of adjustments and stuff they make and people they bring in during the off season. Yeah, and uh, as you said, round round the year off, uh, going two out of their last three uh, to get to that two win total for the year. Yesterday's ball game, they jump out to a, a twenty-one to zero lead, and then um, Delta just continue to fight their way back into the ball game, and then it's twenty-one twenty-one. They go into overtime and. Um, the Wildcats block a kick and then make a kick uh, to win it. And the young man that made the kick is from right around the area. He's from, actually, uh, the Delta. So a really cool uh, story out there on uh, PRCC Athletics. If you follow them on Twitter, you can get to that story and just kind of read, you know, the the significance of that kid being from there and being able to make that kick. It was a really well-written story so uh, go check it out and um, good for coach Edgar and the guys you know uh, now it's a rough year we won't sugarcoat uh, two and seven isn't the uh, expectation or the standard uh, there for Pearl River Community College football but I will say this coach Edgar uh, and his people have been as good as anybody to us uh, here at the podcast uh, super nice uh, guy but he'll tell you, too, you know, this league getting about uh, being nice and, and that, you know, you've got to put the wins uh, with it, and they're working very hard to do that. Um, but came up short, really, this year of uh, expectation. So they'll get another year and, and get after it and see what they can come up with next year. Yeah, and as we get ready to talk about the, the playoffs uh, for, the, uh, for the JUCO playoffs, uh, this roundtable is presented by Huey P. Stockstill, LLC, where a handshake still has meaning. And, Clay, we talked about the North, number one, East Mississippi. Talked about the South, number one, Jones. Uh, East Mississippi will face the South, number two, Colin. We know, we've seen a lot of Colin, as I mentioned, over our uh, broadcasting career as far as JUCO. And then the South, number one, Jones, will face the North, number two, Northwest. And Northwest has had, has had a pretty good season, too. They was a – uh, in a battle with East Mississippi throughout the year, I mean, uh, when they played in their regular season. So, Jones will face Northwest, and East Mississippi will face Colin. Uh, this coming up Saturday at 2 o'clock will be the first round of them playoffs. And you look at East, uh, we've talked about it either already a couple times already here today, and they've just been so dominant, um, Jeff, throughout the year. Those other three teams are very good, though. You know, anything can happen uh, in these playoffs. Of course, East has been on such a run lately. People's probably thinking, yeah, anything could happen, but East is going to win it. I, I wouldn't just pin that in. You know, I'd have to wait and see the way these next two weeks are going to shake out because Colin and Jones – a really good football team. So let's see how it plays out, and it will be exciting. I'd love – I mean, just from a selfish standpoint, I'd love to be able to go see that East uh, Jones game if that is the uh, state title game. Yeah, that like I said, that would be as big as any other, uh, I say, postseason bowl game or anything 
that either ball club could uh, could go in after that because uh, the winner of that game, if them two teams matched, you could probably say to have a good chance of winning the, the national championship in some kind of bowl wherever they go play. Uh, move from JUCO, go straight into some Friday night uh, football action where we have camped out <laughs> for our uh, Friday nights the past eight or nine weeks. And this high school portion of the bra- of the uh, round table will be brought to you by Anthem Mitchell, a realtor for Rematch Premier Group. And uh, PRC Clay uh, goes in the, the Blue Devils just up north, about 10 miles from here. Have stone the Tomcats come in this Friday night, and PRC comes out with a win, twenty-seven to twenty-two, to push their record to four and six overall and three and three in the district. Yeah, and to me, Jeff, that may be the most impressive win of the year for the Blue Devils, a stone team that had played well since they had gotten Arrington, their quarterback back, um, and you beat them, and that's a big win because you really kind of, I, I think that staff would tell you and, and the players, they had laid an egg the week before right. against Gaucher. Didn't play up to the standard that's being built there. Uh, maybe didn't compete uh, quite as hard as uh, Coach Owen and that staff would demand. And so you're kind of thinking, okay, well, what are they going to do to finish out the year? Everybody's got a close eye right. on what's going to happen with this program at the end of the year. How, how are they going to finish up? Well, they catch Stone at home and take care of them. That's, a, that's an impressive – a win for what Stone has done of late. They Stone's been good in district play, and to, so to take care of that and set yourself up for hope this this week for playoff hope and can't say enough about the way that they run the football. It gives them a chance in, in most games uh, to hang around to be there at the end. And from all accounts, just kind of wore on Stone and were able to dominate the the ball. As far as possession, they will hold on to the football in that wing tee. They'll four and five yard uh, you to death. And um, credit to Coach Owen and that staff. Uh, that's a big win. Yep, it was. It is a very big win. We're gonna. We're gonna. We started with five A. We're gonna jump in and do a four A game right here, and then we'll come back and camp out around this five A and, and talk about some of the some of the playoff thing. But the four A game we're talking about that I mentioned Clay was Poplarville. Poplarville. Uh, beats Lawrence County 48-14, to 9-1 overall, 5-0 and in the district. And that is Coach uh, uh, Jay Beach and that staffs and that football team's back-to-back-to-back Region 7 4A championship. Yep, win three of those in a row. Um, that group of uh, seniors, you look at their play, I think you'll hear Coach Beach. We'll hear from him after uh, after Jeff and I – uh, get through talking about this ball game. We'll actually have Coach Beach and the interview with him. But that group doesn't know what it's like uh, when they were sophomores, juniors, and seniors to lose a district game right. undefeated through those three years. That is very impressive uh, what they've done. And really, uh, you can say what you want. That's a tough region. That, this year, particularly, the four seed – Seeds that they will send into the playoff out of this region, uh, 7-4-A, are very impressive. So hats off to the Popperville Hornets, uh, what that staff has built. Just back in 2010, I believe, that was a, a ball club that didn't win a game. Right. And so you look here, we are, what, 2018, just eight years later, and they're in the middle of this type of run. Uh, excellent job uh, of building not only a, a 
a team, but as we've mentioned time and time again, they've built a program and a culture there that uh, we've seen plug and play. I mean, they're bringing youngins in everywhere, and uh, they've had so many injuries oh, and yeah. so much adversity as far as trying to fight through guys not being 100% that it speaks to a program because they're grabbing sophomores, plugging them in, and a senior-heavy team, and, and they're producing. So credit that staff, credit the Hornets, a big win over Lawrence County. Look, Lawrence County gave them all they wanted there in the first half, 14-14 to 14 at the half, and then after the half, Popperville turn that switch on and when they do that at the hornet's nest they can overwhelm you and that's exactly what they did uh, to the Cougars from Lawrence County on Friday night yep and it was the shutout that defensive coordinator uh, coach Tim Story wanted he just didn't get it in the first half he got it in the second half as a 14-14 ball game tied up at halftime and then the final score 48-14 so they pitched a shutout for the defense uh, in the second half he just didn't see it in the first half and you look back Jeff just you always get different perspective as you know me and you're calling it on Friday night with Jason Baker and then you get time to kind of reflect on the game. You look at the way the defense even played in the first half. They gave up some chunk runs, which we're not used to seeing. But the offense had that seven-point uh, giveaway. You know, they had a, a return touchdown, like a 94-yard uh, return touchdown for Green. So, really, the the defense played that, you describe it, that bend but do not break type defense even in the first half. So, an incredible team performance for Popperville. And if they can get healthy, I mean, that's a mouthful with this squad. They will be oiled up and ready to go for playoff action. And we were um, fortunate enough to be able to get uh, Jay Beach's thoughts on that Popperville Hornet win and also on that senior group as it was senior night. Let's hear from Coach Beach. We're fortunate enough to be joined by head coach Jay Beach. And coach, um, Really amazing run here, man. Three straight region titles. Uh, we've 16-0 and 0 now in region games, or 16 in a row. Uh, just an incredible run your Popperville Hornets have been on in region play. Just talk how special winning it here tonight in front of the Hornet crowd was. Yeah, I, I, it was really special. You know, I'm, I'm super excited right now. It's, it's, uh, it's one of those special nights. You know, you got – Senior class that don't know what it is to lose a district game, and they never will because they, they finished it up without losing one. So those guys are winners, and uh, I'm just proud to be their coach. Jay, just a phenomenal effort against a really good Lawrence County club, uh, a ball game that was tied 14-14 to at the half. What about the second half and the way y'all played in that second half? Well, we were, we were close in the first half, uh, I thought, you know, they we drove it down to like the five, and they stripped it out and scored. And you know, their offense did a good job in the first half, but we made a few adjustments. We came out in the second half, and you know, we went at it. And you know, the team that won the most, I thought, was going to win, and, and uh, we proved to uh, be the better team there in the second half. Coach, tonight being senior night, we've talked a lot about uh, the senior group and uh, our listeners on the podcast have heard us as we follow y'all each and every week and have heard you when you've joined the podcast talk about how special this group is well i'd be remiss if we didn't bring up the junior tonight uh chase shears i believe he touched it for 11 times close to 200 yards uh three touchdowns just what does he add to this offense and to this wing team 
He's just a, a special talent. He's he's fast and he can uh, you know break tackles. You know it, it takes a lot to bring him down. He's fast and strong and blocks well when he doesn't have the ball. So that's you know it's, it's exciting when he's healthy and ready to go. And hopefully we can have him for the rest of the year. Coach, you bring up health and ready to go. It was as cool a thing that I've seen covering high school athletics in a while to see Tyson Holston. Y'all came out of the locker room. The way the hornet's nest is built and the way that this place is set up is a cool atmosphere to say the least. But the locker room up on the hill, then y'all trickle down into the stadium. And as we were getting ready to call the second half, the first person I saw come down was eight. And Tyson Holston, a senior who's done so much for this program, has been nursing a, an ankle, hasn't been able to play, didn't start tonight on senior night. He starts the second half. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he, he said, Coach, you know, he's wanting to go. And uh, he's a kid that started four years. He's, he's As a freshman, he's been through many a battles with him. And he's one of those, if he wants to go, you know, I think he's earned the right to to, to request to go. And I, So we let him go. And, uh, you know, he, he come up hurt again a little bit. So hopefully it didn't set him back too much. Yeah, I think it added a, a lot of energy. And uh, it was inspiring uh, just uh, to watch. Um, Nine, the quarterback, Antonio Barnes, the wins and the snaps, the, the way that he's led uh, from that quarterback position. It's senior night. He's accounted for a ton of wins back there. Just talk to our, our listener on the on radio from Friday night to Friday night. They certainly know Antonio and what he's done for this program. But uh, listeners that maybe haven't seen him play and just the way that he's led through I really say, I guess, three and a half years now as a kid that started to start about yeah. halfway through his ninth yeah. grade year. Well, he started um, after the second game his ninth grade year. We went 0-2, and, and he started, we ended up 7-5 that year. So he was accounted for seven, you know, he went 7-3 and three at the start of that year. And the year we went 7-5. and five. So ever since it's the third game of his freshman year, he's been our starter. And um, he's always been cool, calm under pressure. He's always had the will to win. He's always had heart. He's uh, he's been hit. He's been you know decleated mm -hmm. back there in the backfield, and he come back the next play and answer him on the same play. That he, he'll make it happen. He's you know he's not scared. He, he's great under pressure. I mean, what quarterback do you know that's played in, in all the big games that he has? And you know, you, you don't go far and don't play in those games if you don't have a good leader at quarterback. You look back, you'll remember this game. You've got a better memory than I do. Uh, we weren't covering y'all yet. We were actually covering uh, the Pro River Central Blue Devils at the time. And Antonio, I guess, was a sophomore at that time. And he led a late drive. Y'all kicked a field goal uh, to win that ball game. And he picked up two key uh, first downs, I believe, with a pass and then a rollout run. But you could even see there his sophomore year. This is a kid that played, I guess, for a state title his sophomore mm -hmm. year. Just uncanny, uh, calm and cool under pressure. You won't take credit for that, but y'all's personality as far as being – neither one of y'all yeah. get rattled. And uh, I think that y'all make such a, a great team together. Yeah, we, we do. I mean, he, he's a, really a coach on the field. I mean, he can tell everybody where to line up, what to do, how to do it, you know. And, and – uh, we, we're really going to miss it. You know, we don't know how bad we're going to miss it until we get there next year and see. But, you know, he, he's, he's you know, a big part of our success and, you know, can't say enough good things about him. 
Popperville football, uh, Jay has certainly been put on the map um, over the this run that this senior group has been on. You're in your fifth year here already have uh, surpassed the 50 win mark. So people know about uh, Popperville football. Uh, it's really have been on such a great run here for a football. You can't do that by yourself. You're a guy that deflects credit and takes blame like a leader should do. Tell us about your staff, Jay, and what, what has been built here around you and the guys that you work with from day to day. Yeah, I got, um, let's see, Coach Story, Coach Johnson, Coach DeWeese. Um, those guys have been with me ever since day one that I got the job. And, uh, and Coach Story does a great job with their defense. And, um, with you know, he does a secondary. Coach Johnson does a D-line. Coach DeWeese, the linebackers. And, the last couple of years, Brad Wells uh, came along with us as a volunteer. He still works uh, in the in the military in the service, but comes every single day to every single mm -hmm. practice, every single event, and uh, really plays a big part in our success. And then <clears throat> offensively, I guess Coach Russell's got the tenure on the on the assistance there. And, uh, he does a great job with the kids, with, with the offense, with the receivers, and. Uh, he knows a lot more football than people may think, and uh, just because he jokes around so dang much. But <laughs> but uh, you know he, he he's smart. He's on top of things. Does a good job with their junior high too. And Coach Hickman's came along and had to learn on the run a lot of football, and you know, and um, he's still learning a little bit, but has a you know pushes the kids hard, very demanding on them, and uh, has brought a lot and added a lot to our offense. And uh, so, you know, we're feeling good right now, you know, and uh, we're going to celebrate this and, and enjoy it and, and then turn our attention toward making a run in the playoffs. Yeah, and I'm going to turn my attention there right now. This is a team when uh, even as we were as broadcasters were talking about what had been accomplished, you know, you win three of these in a row. That's something to certainly celebrate, and it needs its own moment, which we – we gave it, but we certainly know with Popperville football, this is just kind of the beginning of that second journey or that second season. And so that starts uh, next Friday night, and we look forward to, to playoff action. Do y'all do anything different, Jay, or is it just a, another week of prep? Oh, uh, we actually, uh, you know, we actually do a little bit less than normal. We, we you know, it's a long season, you know, we. You know, we kind of do away with our fundamental type practice. We just get together and just and and just ref refresh, go through all of our stuff over and over and over again, and uh, shorten practices up a little bit, and uh, you know, decrease the weightlifting a little bit, and you know, just try to stay healthy and in good shape uh, for this next half of our season here. Jeff's to the side of me producing this interview. Um, Jason's in the room next to me as part of our radio crew. I can't thank you enough, man, for the access you give us to the program. You're always so giving with your time and information. So congratulations, Jay, and we appreciate you, man, as a, a friend to the podcast and more importantly, as a radio crew, uh, the job that you do and the things you do for us. We're, you're certainly appreciated. Yeah, and uh, you know, if you guys weren't here, um, we didn't have radio coverage. We didn't have, you know, you guys doing what you do. You know, it just wouldn't be quite as exciting as it is now. So we appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Jay.
And Clay, that was uh, head coach Jay Beach. You can hear it in his voice. He's talking about reflecting and and, and kind of celebrating this district championship. Uh, then they're going to get right back to work. Uh, you asked him in the interview about working, the work ethics, about going into the playoffs. And speaking of playoffs, 4A starts a week earlier than the 5A playoffs. There's a lot more teams in the 4A. They got to narrow it down and get it uh, get it down before uh, the Friday after Thanksgiving. And Popperville will host Lanier. Uh, Clay Lanier comes in to the Hornets Nest for the first round um, of the playoffs. It'll be this uh, Friday night, uh, November the 2nd at 7 o'clock. So uh, Lanier, a pretty tough opponent on the other side, comes in as a four seed to to face Poplarville in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, uh, you look at the way that these playoffs lay out in in 4A, 3A, and 2A, I, I guess. When you look at the amount of teams that are in these playoffs, a lot of times, we've said it these last three or four weeks, you can catch a real dud or a clunker right. coming into your spot as a one seed from that four seed. I've seen teams come in with two or three wins, and people's like, yeah, well, if you win two district games, you can get into these playoffs. And so we've seen some two and eights roll into places or some uh, three and sevens. But that's not the case Friday night. Uh, Popperville will catch a seven and four Lanier team, and you go back. Lanier's been uh, blown off the field in some ball games, but they've got some impressive wins too. You win seven games, you're a dangerous. Uh, right. You've got a puncher's chance. So I believe Popperville uh, catching Lanier with a seven and four record coming in, uh, and you can't have any. You know, let's lose and go home at this point. So Popperville will be focused and ready to go. I feel like, and the Hornets nest will be rocking on Friday night. Yeah, and it will be. And, and that coaching staff will have the team ready uh, and focused on who they're playing, not to lay uh, – this is not a dud team coming in. This is a well uh, – a good quality ball club in the Lanier coming in. And they were working it up Friday. And Coach Beach was right on the money with the math telling you who they would face. He was, we was in the locker room after, uh, after the game, and he was working it up. And then, of course, it is Lanier. So, that will be, be a very good ball game for the first round of the playoffs. Yep, Lanier's got a, a junior tailback. To Darius McGee, he's going for over 1,100 yards, 10 touchdowns, and nine yards per pop. So uh, we'll be uh, in huddle this week, getting an eye and seeing what Mr. McGee looks like and getting ready for Friday night. Yep, and just to run through uh, quickly over the, the south bracket of the, of the 4A first-round championship, uh, Clay, West Lauderdale is going to face Van Cleve. Uh, Florence will face Lawrence County, who Poplarville had just seen. Uh, East Central will face Quitman, and Green County will face Macomb on one side of the bracket. Then you have Poplarville, Pop- Poplarville and Lanier. St. Stanislaus from the from the coast down here will face Northeast Lauderdale, uh, South Pike and Summerall, and Mendenhall and Moss Point. Yeah, and when you ask uh, what jumps out at you out of those uh, teams, I'm glad you asked because this is what I see. <laughs> Green County, three, eight and three. Right. We we talked about it. Uh, that's a team nobody wants to see right now. They're really good. Well, uh, a friend of the podcast and a friend of, of many of our listeners, Seth Smith, and that East Central Club. They're of course a one seed. They've been dominant yeah, again this have. year, nine and zero. Uh, they honored uh, Seth Smith after I believe it was last Friday night's ball game as the winningest coach ever at East Central. He's a young fella, and that, that doesn't even seem right. So. Hats off to Seth. I'm getting that. That would be a heck of a second-round matchup as you look at the way these brackets lay out. 
East potentially catches Green in that second round. And we'll be calling a ball game, of course, hopefully that second round too. But we'll be keeping an eye out on that one as that should be a very good matchup because Green moves the ball. They run a spread. Coach King over there has done a phenomenal job. We've seen them. They had us uh, a 3-0 to zero score at the half over in Leakesville before Popperville was able to kind of take care of that one in the second half. So that jumps out at me. And then you look at um, just the rest of the bracket. You you named all the, the matchups. West Lauderdale, a 10-1-1-C right. also in the south. Sometimes we don't look uh, up towards Jackson a lot and up towards that area, up towards Meridian, and we're kind of focused here. But uh, – 10-1 and one West Lauderdale, a good football team, too. Well, and you mentioned West Lauderdale. They play Van Cleve the first round, and Florence plays Lawrence County. We've seen what Lawrence County can do, too. I mean, you've got a possible uh, – another a good matchup, West Lauderdale, if they come out of it, then Florence – or Lawrence County, either one of them teams, that'll be another good matchup for the second round that you got good quality ball club, uh, ball teams that could be South State or, you know, playing for South State ball clubs, matching up in second round action with this 4A, as many teams as there are in this bracket. Yeah, we're particular uh, to our region and Popperville because that's who we see. But it wouldn't surprise me at all if that region goes 3-1 and one or 4-0. And you say 4-0, yeah, because Summerall's the 4C. They've got an Ole Miss commit that's going to touch it every snap. And if he doesn't scare you, you hadn't seen him. Dennis Jackson can go. And so he'll sit back in that shotgun formation, take a snap, and then you just hold your breath. Yeah, that's and right. that's what uh, South Pike will have coming into their place. So congratulations. You're the one seed, you win your region, and then you flip on film and you get Dennis Jackson coming to your place. So this 4A uh, bracket this year – it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yep, and we'll touch on the north side of the bracket, Clay, as it gets closer down and, and teams, uh, you know, start winning and losing and, and coming down into the second and third round. We'll get on the north side. Let's get back to some 5A action. Uh, Picayune, the Picayune Maroon Tide. Uh, it took overtime, Clay, uh, to beat Gaucher. Picayune uh, 41, Gaucher 35. Uh, Picayune 7-3 and three overall, 5-1 and one in the district. And this is shaking up to be a little uh, – the playoffs is getting close, uh, but the district's getting tight uh, for three and four in the five in the five uh, A region four district. Yep, you look at that score an overtime win over a good Gaucher team, and when you hear people close to the program, people that were at the ball game describe it that Picayune didn't play that well, uh, maybe sloppy uh, win. Well, if you can win sloppy in overtime against a good football team, that says a lot about where you are. And Picayune now seven. And three overall, five and one in region play. So that was a good win for Picayune. You could have easily, if you were kind of uh, playing sloppy there, just taking a loss, but you didn't. So credit uh, Picayune. This Picayune team is what you expect. They keep the ball on the ground. They're rushing for 400 yards per game. 400 yards per game. That's unbelievable. A tailback in Jordan Rain, who's touched it about 250 times. He's over uh, the 2,000-yard mark, if my math's right. He's averaging eight yards every time that he touches it. And so this is an impressive Picayune team. They're averaging 41 points per game. If they can stop some folks, they're going to play for a long time because they can move the football. You can, you see what, what that rushing attack does to the best team, a lot of people say, in 5A. I mean, they gave Hattiesburg all they wanted, keeping it on the ground, scoring every time they get it. And so uh, 
Picune's going to be a force coming in as that uh, two seed in that region. Yep, and we <clears throat> we've seen it. We both uh, went to Picune High, you know, spent our time watching ball, calling ball, and stuff. And, and Coach Dodley and that coaching staff, if you running the football, moving the ball as you mentioned down the field, taking time off the clock, you got the other team's best weapons as the offense sitting over there holding their helmets. So if you can move the ball down the field, put any kind of points on the board and take time off that clock, you're going to win. And like you said, averaging the points they average and the yardage they do, uh, that was a that was a good win in overtime. Although they had some, uh, some mishaps on special teams, I think there was three kickoffs returned back for touchdowns. Clean that up, and it's a lot bigger win than in what it looks. But 41-35, pick you over Gauthier. And it sets up as it will be rivalry game. Uh, but really more important than that, they'll play career this week, and the Blue Devils need this win. Jeff, right. I know we're going to walk through That's right. uh, some scenarios, but it'll be strength on strength. Uh, Coach Owen, he describes that wing tee and, and that philosophy, and he runs that uh, football as well. You know, he, he's going to keep it on the ground. He's going to look to control the clock. It'll be strength on strength when you look at both teams trying to really hold on to – the football, the Blue Devils average 290 yards rushing. Uh, they've got a kid in Kobe Whitehead that's put up really good numbers. He has 17 uh, touchdowns on the year. He's gone for over 1,400 yards rushing. And so they'll they'll be the same type philosophy. Now, something they've done, they've thrown the ball about right. double what Picune has. So they'll sprinkle in, it sounds funny, but they'll sprinkle in the pass uh, with the sophomore Brunson actually more than Picune has. So – It'll be a fun matchup. It'll be a good measuring stick for PRC. And now they've played themselves into a spot where it's more than just a rivalry and pride and all that. If they could pull it off, they could be into the playoffs. Yep, and you talking about playoffs, the Region 4, 5A playoffs, of course, Hattiesburg setting up top. King of the Castle, 10-0 and uh, overall, 6-0 and in the region. Picune sets there in the number two spot, 7-3 and overall, 5-1 and in the region. But then you look at – the next four teams, you have Stone setting at 3-3 three and three in the region. You have Gaucher at 3-3 three and three in the region. Wayne County 3-3. Three and three, And then PRC at 3-3. Three and three. So you've got four teams battling for the last two spots in that region. And two of them teams, you know, Picune and uh, PRC play this week. PRC, it's a must win for PRC. That's just all it is. No way other around it. PRC has to win. Uh to, to, to keep their hopes alive. But then you got some of them other ones that are going to be matching up, win and get a little help. But you got four teams, Clay, battling for the last two spots in that region. Yep, and you've got Gaucher and Wayne that play right. each other. So that's that's huge. That's um, You look at it, that's a win and end game for uh, Gaucher and Wayne. They're going to be getting after each other. That should be a fun score to keep an eye on. Two good teams that uh, need to win as well. So that will be uh, – Fun to see as it plays out, and we'll, of course, have a clear picture. We'll have the whole picture as we discuss next week, uh, the 5 and 6A playoffs. Yep, they got one more week of the regular season. I mentioned earlier the 4A starts a week earlier. So uh, 5 and 6A has got one more week left. Uh, so then we'll see a clear picture, uh, like you mentioned, of them uh, 
uh, of them brackets. And just, you know, one score that popped out to me, Hancock. Hancock beating Biloxi. A good Sid Say matchup down there. 21-14 is another uh, – Another score from this past Friday night, so good win for Hancock. Yep, good job by Coach Neil Lawler and that uh, staff, and Hancock gets the win. That leads us into uh, the 6A region. We won't spend a lot of time there, but uh, just to give you kind of where the lay of the land is, Gulfport 9-1 and overall. Uh, they're the one uh, seed. Harrison Central at 8-2, and Ocean Springs at 6-4, and and then you have uh, St. Martin and D'Iverville playing this week, and that will have uh, playoff indications on, I believe, who the four seed is coming out of that Coast 6A region. And uh, we talk playoffs. We talk all these teams kind of around our area. Something this past week that happened that was uh, called everybody's attention, and that was the reclassification numbers. Uh, can't uh, go through our high school part portion of this without at least mentioning it you know it gets so much attention and it plays such a a big part on where these teams will compete next year uh some numbers or some movement that would be i think important to our listeners east central will bump up they will go to 5a stone will bump down going from 5a to 4a then you have west harrison who is currently in that uh picune PRC district, they will actually bump up to 6A, and then you have Pascagoula who will bump down. And so uh, a lot of movement uh, there, Jeff. If you had anything else that you wanted to jump on with the reclassification, you're welcome to that. But I just didn't want to leave uh, the high school portion without at least mentioning that. No, and the reclassification, we'll get more clarification on who's going what and where because you got 6A coast teams, you got 4A coast, you got five, all these different areas to see where these play people are going. Is Stone going to come down and be in Poplarville's district? Or are they going to join the coast? You know, we got to see where all that – how that plays out. But that that is uh, – that's excellent coverage on you. We got to – you know, have to mention that. And then – and that just shows the quality of these ball clubs too. And it goes by number of kids in the school district. We know that. And the, the schools, they're growing and stuff. But you got Coach Seth Smith coming from a, a 4A and it's going to bump up and take that team to a 5A program and to see how the adjustments are being made because you're going to be playing – uh, of course, it's a it's a quality ball club, no matter what class, classification you look at. But uh, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see how some of them uh, other other schools react and play to some of that uh, some of that competition. As we've seen preseason, I say preseason games, out of district games during the regular season, when you have other three, four, five, six, eight playing each other anyway. So they always gonna uh, to throw that in. But now that was a good job with the reclassification uh, of them high schools. So. Uh, jump right into some um, some NCAA action from yesterday, Clay, as we move right through this roundtable and this portion of the roundtable. Uh, college uh, football will be brought to you by Pearl River Community College. Um, USM, Clay, let's just start right up at the top. I've seen you write it down. You've got the sweatshirt on. I don't know if I would have wore it today, even though I'm a USM fan, but USM – uh, loses to Charlotte, the 49ers of, uh, of Charlotte, 20-17, to 17, takes USM to a 3-4 and four record. And it was kind of a, I say, a must-win for them in the Conference USA right there. But Charlotte uh, comes out on top 20-17. to 17. Yeah, uh, just a, another – I hate to say it, you know, because I follow – Follow them probably too much with the heart, not the head, <laughs> when I get on this podcast and start talking about them. But a disappointing loss. And when I say disappointing, it's the teams that you think you could should right. beat or could beat that you lose to. And uh, 
turn the ball over too much, Jeff. You look at the darn stats from yesterday. USM dominated total yardage, dominated all the things that you want to do. But what do coaches say? You got to win the turnover margin, win the turnover battle. Well, we stunk at that yesterday. Kept giving the 49ers uh, from Charlotte the football over and over again. It actually uh, ended in a, in a quarterback change, and Tate Watley came in and played good football for Southern Miss and had a tip drill touchdown late to give us hope, but uh, that hope was eventually uh, crushed there. As we got to 20-17 to 17 with uh, 111 left, and – I was at a fall fest trying to check my phone and do this and that, which was ignorant. I should have just spent the time with a family <laughs> investing in, in something that wasn't going to happen. So that's a tough loss. We won't right. spend much uh, time on, on this, but uh, Southern Miss, a, a rough year, really. Right. Uh, didn't know what we were going to get. You know, in the previews that we talked about Southern Miss, you know, could have went either way. Well, right now it's going the wrong way. Because uh, when you look at this loss and the Louisiana Monroe loss, some some uh, those two games in particular, uh, you think you should or could win that you don't. And so, um, so the Miss going to have to ride it quick. They've got Marshall uh, coming to the Rock next week, and um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with the quarterback spot too. Abraham has been so accurate and good, and then he gave the ball away too much on Saturday. And then you had Watley come in, um, very athletic, and you could tell he was instant, um, just different intensity as far as the offense and the way they look with the football. And sometimes that happens when you're right. down and you make a change. So interesting to see what Coach Chops and uh, and our offensive staff come up with against Marshall. Yep, and and you mentioned the two ball, uh, the ball games. This one and the Monroe could be setting at five and two. Uh, right now and looking uh, looking good in the in the conference and I, I was sitting over here at home too with uh, my kiddos and I was watching it on TV and I said uh, I'm turning this off I said let's go let's go right over here to First Baptist Church and of Picayune and do a little fall fest and get them out a little bit I couldn't watch any more of it and then I come back and kind of kind of checked it so I was the same way uh, just a disappointing loss so to speak uh, with usm but uh moving right down along uh, right down the line of a big win for mississippi state last night number 16 texas a&m mississippi state wins 28 to 13 uh big prime time game on espn so good win uh, uh for mississippi state right there as they knock off uh texas a&m yeah go figure i mean i can't figure out this mississippi state team all week they talk about you know potentially Moving, we talk about quarterback play, uh, getting some guys some snaps, right. and then he comes out and just owns Texas A and M. I mean, he he had a statement. The quarterback played uh, particularly well, and that was a a good win against a good Texas A and M team. I can't figure Mississippi State out. Every time I try to count them out, they jump up and do something uh, like this. Haven't really met expectations to this point, and then you go win this type of ball game. Show why those expectations were there. Yeah, and you really do. And it's a a Texas A and M that's had its kind of. Uh, I say ups and downs. They were ranked 16th in the nation, but first-year head coach Jimbo Fisher moving from Florida State over to Texas A&M. Um, so that's a big win for for Mississippi State, as you mentioned. They were ranked up 
uh, pretty pretty good up in the uh, up in the top 25, and then they got knocked out. So this win might put them in the lower uh, 20s, maybe of the uh, of the top 25. But uh, Mississippi State big win, and then they have Louisiana Tech this coming up week. Yep, and Fitzgerald uh, quarterback, he was sick of those rumors, and he may be quiet at <laughs> those uh, for a week or two. Yep, uh, good play out of Mississippi State. Ole Miss was off this week, uh, Clay, but they will play South Carolina this coming up. Um, this coming up Saturday uh, at 11 o'clock on the SEC Network. Uh, a couple big games I just wrote down was the Florida-Georgia. Uh, it Come in, the hype was a big uh, – this is an SEC East game. Everybody was on board uh, talking about the train coming in with Florida and, and, and uh, former Mississippi State uh, head coach Dan Mullen coming in. And Georgia just powered through Florida, 36-17. to 17. It's going to bump Florida way down. They were ranked ninth in the nation coming in. But big win, Georgia over Florida, 36-17, to to kind of uh, take that power uh, for the SEC East side. Yeah, and when you look at Georgia, you know, LSU kind of tested their manhood, and that's all they've heard. Well, they took that out on Florida, and they showed why the expectations and everything that had been written and said about Georgia in the preseason. They looked just like everybody thought they would look. So – this SEC um, kind of hard to figure. Other than Alabama, there hasn't been just that steady uh, number two team, and um, unless you want to put LSU in there, and we'll get to find out exactly <laughs> how steady they are this coming Saturday. Yep, another another uh, a game that I took kind of a note to, and I'm uh, was the Kentucky game, Kentucky and Missouri. Kentucky goes in yesterday as 12th in the nation. They're like the little engine that could in the SEC East. Nobody's really talking about them a lot. Well, they are now, but at the beginning of the season, they just Kentucky wasn't a name on everybody's uh, coming out of everybody's mouth. They were known for their basketball, uh, but Kentucky 15 to 14 win over Missouri, and they will bump them up higher in the standings as they was number 12th going in and then them two teams will face that they were already talking about it this morning on all kind of sports uh uh sports programs was georgia will face kentucky at kentucky this coming up saturday uh, at 2 30 on cbs yeah cbs the big winner coming this next saturday right. ray roll out a, a double header of uh, georgia kentucky and alabama lsu so they'll have people's attention from 2.30 probably to about 11 o'clock that evening. People will be tuned in to CBS. So uh, good on them, and uh, that should be two really good football teams. Next week I'll be keeping an eye on them, and as I'll be in the rock at least for a portion of those uh, up following Southern Miss. But uh, that should be a lot of fun for the SEC on full display on Saturday afternoon and evening on CBS. Yep, and you want to talk about – you mentioned it, the rival game coming up, LSU and Alabama. They're going to be playing 7 o'clock on CBS. Alabama comes to LSU, Alabama number one in the nation, LSU number four. So we're going to see uh, – we're going to see Tua come in with Alabama. You're going to see LSU's defense – but you're going to have to also see what Burroughs can do with LSU and that offense against a pro-caliber defense in Alabama. Yep, pro-caliber defense, and you could say a pro-caliber offense that's right. now. That's that's the thing. I mean, they've been good defensively, of course, since Saban. I say good. They've been great defensively since Saban's been there. But uh, Burrow has managed the game. He's going to have to do more than that. He's going to have to uh, – 
probably make some winning type plays and he's shown that ability but can he do it against that Alabama secondary and then Tua it was funny I saw somebody you know kind of put well Devin White is suspended of course and that's gotten a ton of controversy and a a ton of hot takes on on his uh, targeting call that LSU is going to be without him for the first half Um, I saw an Alabama fan post well y'all have Y'all are without White, and but we may sit to her for the fourth quarter <laughs> to make you feel better. So that's that's been the thing. That's the right. kid hadn't taken he a snap not. in the fourth quarter. That is unbelievable. Starting quarterback for them, and uh, if they were going to hand the Heisman out now, it would be to him. And interesting to see can LSU hang in and have a chance late in that one. Yeah, and and we say that Tua hasn't taken a snap, but the kid they're bringing in and hurts won a national championship so it's not like you're bringing in a quote-unquote backup I mean you're bringing in a national championship quarterback to play yeah absolutely won one and played for another and then this Tua kid comes in and says Jalen go over here and hold this clipboard (laughs) it's unbelievable man they're just uh blessed with a ton of talent so that'll be fun to watch yep and then as we're recording this uh this podcast episode 11 clay on a Sunday morning uh Tonight, Sunday night, you have the Saints and the Vikings, 720 on NBC. Let's say that's before church for our listeners out there. <laughs> that is. That is before thank church. You, thank you. Thank you. But Saints and Vikings tonight, 720. Saints, uh, after that first hiccup at home against Tampa Bay, they have been on a roll. Drew Brees, uh, they went up to Baltimore last week and won a big one, and he marked that one off his list. Drew Brees has now beaten all 32 teams. And when people out there are listening, and you know Saints fans and everybody's seen it, uh, but he plays with the Saints. He was with San Diego <laughs> before he came to New Orleans. So he has beaten all 32 teams. And what an accomplishment as the Saints get ready to roll into Minnesota tonight. Yeah, that's a, a big big time. And Breeze is getting celebrated a lot. The passing yardage is uh, the week before. Then that victory. And the Saints are really good, man. They picked up a, a cornerback earlier uh, this week. Although watching Apple on Monday night, uh, I'm not sure exactly what they saw, Lenny, but we'll find out as they get the corner, Eli Apple from the Giants to come over and firm up and sure up. Maybe their only weakness is on the other side or across from Marshawn. So it, it will be fun to follow the Saints team. They've got something really special going offensively, the way they can balance Ingram and Kamar and then throw the football. Thomas, arguably a top three wide receiver in the NFL. So uh, you couple that with Breeze's leadership, the way he throws the football, his accuracy at his age and what he's doing is off the darn chart. So look forward to that uh, late kickoff tonight against the Vikings and try to see a different highlight rather than that missed tackle just a year ago that makes the dang pit of your stomach just, ugh. So try to erase that memory tonight. I'm sick of seeing that play. So this is is a a neat ball game. Should be fun to watch. Yep, and the horn will be blowing as they are at Minnesota. So it's going to be the same atmosphere, same venue as you were talking about that play just a year ago. Uh, And while you've got one eye on this game, turn one eye over to the – uh, World Series, Dodgers uh, lose last night 9-6. to six. Boston uh, just basically dominating this World Series. Uh, you have a 108-win team coming into the, into the playoffs. I think they're 
what, 117 now, 116 wins, uh, something like that. But Boston leads this World Series 3-1, to one, and it's tonight on Fox. So if you've got one eye on the Saints game as we are down here in, in South Mississippi, you'll have the other eye if you're an MLB fan watching this uh Game five of the World Series. And it'll be a sleepy eye, Jeff, as they uh, had an 18-inning ball game that started on uh, Friday evening and ended uh, about, for here, for our time, at 2.30 in a darn morning on Saturday morning. Uh, That was game two of that series. And so, no, that was game three of that series. And so, as you've said, uh, Boston at 3 one lead. Just an interesting note, you play 18 innings. That game lasted seven hours and 20 minutes. There were 558 pitches thrown that night. It was incredible. You know, we we cover ball games together on Friday night. Uh, you're driving. We're on the way back uh, from Popperville, and I'm checking my phone. Of course, the first thing you do in high school on Friday, you're checking all kinds of scores from everywhere. And about I guess about McNeil, I said, dude, I hadn't even checked baseball tonight. And so uh, it was the 10th inning. And I remember saying, well, maybe we can get home in time to see some of it. Did we ever? I was able to watch a whole other game. (laughs) So just incredible. And uh, 3-1 shows that one team's diamond. But all of this has been a a close series. And so uh, credit Boston. Lose that game and then turn around yesterday and put up nine and – that just shows why they've been so good all year long. So it's been a fun World Series to, to watch. Yep, and former USM Golden Eagle standout Brian Dozier, uh, second baseman, starting second base for the for the Dodgers and leadoff hitter. Uh, get to see him in action. Uh, maybe for the last time this season, it, it, Boston could close it out. But if uh, L.A. can win it, they'll have one more at Los Angeles and then maybe pull something out and head back to Boston. But you'll get to see Brian Dozier play tonight. Yep, and of uh, local note, I don't want to leave baseball without at least m- mentioning uh, Hayden Dunhurst, senior catcher uh, for the Pearl River Central Blue Devils, competed in the um, Perfect Game Wooden Bat Showcase. This is probably the the biggest and the best showcase in, in all of America uh, this past week, and he made the all-tournament all team. Uh, he was, I believe, one of only like 12 hitters, uh, in the top 12 and in the top three that were kind of honored for a special honor for what he did at the plate. He accounted for eight runs, had eight RBIs, and hit a home run in his showcase. Hayden Dunhurst just up the road there at PRC is a special player. He's right here in our own backyard. I don't know if people realize uh, exactly right. what uh, what they have the chance to see him do on a high school level. The national people certainly do. I mean, this is the elite of the elite. And uh, just hat off to uh, Hayden Dunhurst, uh, his family, the way he carries himself and the way uh, that he compete on the baseball field. He's a special one, and he's right here. So we'll enjoy his senior year as baseball will come back around. But I didn't want to – uh, talk baseball with at least uh, highlighting Hayden Dunhurst. You know, and we a couple weeks ago we had Jonathan Bender on, uh, former Maroon Tide basketball player who went to the NBA straight out of high school. Is now you have to go to one year of college. We'll see what they do with that. But I, I say that to bring this up. Over the past, I'm going to say 10, 15, maybe 20 years, Clay. Just imagine the the baseball players and basketball players in this county. And the scouts that have been in this county, Ryan Hughes plays at Pic- played at Picayune. Uh, he played at Pearl River Central. We talked to uh, 
last week, Braxton Lee, and then you got Dunhurst. I mean, just imagine that the, you know, a little town of Picayune, Carrier, and then this little county, you've got all this talent coming through. And imagine the college scouts and then the pro scouts visiting this little area right here. There's been some special athletes. I say the past two decades. I'm going to just go back that far. It kind of dates me a little bit. But uh, two decades of just some athletes coming out um, – uh, Matt Riser down there at Southeastern, a heck of a baseball player here at Picayune, and then goes on and furthers his career in college and then now is head coach. And uh, I know I'm leaving some out as I'm talking, but just uh, just a heck of a, uh, a time for Pearl River County sports, as I put it that way, as you see uh, scouts after scouts and big-time uh, big eyes coming on, this, on these programs. Absolutely. T.J. House, a guy that uh, right on the doorsteps there of uh, Major League Baseball, too, for uh, – for TJ and so yeah, it's a uh, a good place to be doing a podcast, man. A lot of a lot of guys that we can connect with and get to hear their story. So uh, a lot of fun. I was glad to be able to visit with uh, Braxton Lee last week. If you haven't heard that episode, go back and get it. And then, as you said, Jonathan Bender uh, the week before. So we thank uh, Coach Beach this week for uh, for his time. And so that will do it for this week's podcast. Uh, Be sure to join us each and every week, and we certainly appreciate you listening. Thank you for listening to this week's episode, brought to you by Mugshots, Katie Cake & Company, Huey P. Stocksville LLC, Pearl River Community College, Bank Plus, Advantage Insurance Company, and Anthem Mitchell, a realtor with REMAT's Premier Group. Stay tuned for more episodes in the weeks to come.